Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 3 is entitled Temporal Law and Freedom. It hardly comes as a surprise to learn that we are mortal beings tethered to mortal earth by mortal laws. For example, we are subject to gravity and the laws of gravity. We are subject to entropy and the laws of entropy, which means that things move from order to disorder, which brings death into the world. We are subject to time. Time is perhaps the most curious factor of all. Without death, time as we know it would be meaningless. We live inside a celestial clock. The spinning earth gives us our day. We divide our day into hours, our hours into minutes, our minutes into seconds, and our seconds into nanoseconds, and so on. The circling moon gives us our month, and the circling earth around the sun gives us our year. Time has no inherent meaning, for our celestial clock has been ticking for billions of years in endless repetition, and will continue to tick for billions of years more in endless repetition unless interrupted by some cosmic cataclysm. In our mortal world, only death gives time its meaning. Science tells us that entropy gives time its arrow. That is because death cannot be reversed by mortal laws. If science were not so blinded by paradigms, they would see that the above is why neither the Big Bang nor evolution nor accident could have created life. Mortal law manages death. That is its entire purpose. Evolution is a product of mortal laws only. As Christians, we believe in two kingdoms, the mortal kingdom and the immortal kingdom. The mortal kingdom is governed by mortal laws. The immortal kingdom is governed by spiritual laws. Life is related to spiritual laws. Mortal laws provide a mortal body for our spirits. Mortal laws and mortal bodies only exist for the duration of our mortal existence. After that, they have no power or authority over the spirit. In this podcast, I am only talking about our mortal kingdom and our mortal laws. My thesis is how temporal laws relate to freedom. In other podcasts, I have asserted that free will and agency are spiritual matters only. The spirit has free will, not the body. However, freedom is tied to our mortal experience, and therefore, freedom is governed by mortal laws. As stated above, unless some cataclysmic event occurs first, our celestial clock will eventually run down and be destroyed by entropy, and all life will cease. In the same way, unless some tragic event occurs, Our physical bodies will eventually be destroyed by our biological clock. All mortal things suffer a heat death. As Gertrude said to her son Hamlet, Good Hamlet, cast thy nighted color off and let thine eyes look like a friend on Denmark. Do not forever with thy veiled lids seek for thy noble father in the dust. Thou know'st tis common, all that lives must die passing through nature to eternity. We accept the laws of nature. We bow to them. We have no choice. I have been to St. Augustine, Florida. I have drunk from Ponce de Leon's Fountain of Youth many times, but it turned out to be just water, and not very good taste in water at that. Despite drinking from the Fountain of Youth, I shed my youth like a snake that sheds its skin and grew inexorably and undeniably old, and my aching joints and brittle bones are rattling toward death. Because of entropy, mortal laws cannot give us immortality. That leads to the ultimate law of our mortal world. No sphere can rise above the complete set of laws by which it is governed. I am speaking of temporal laws only. 
By temporal laws, I mean the laws of nature defined by science. For clarification, temporal laws are defined by time. Temporal means time. That means they are subject to entropy. The laws aren't subject to entropy, of course. The laws are absolute. All laws are absolute. For the cosmos to make any sense, we must assume that everything is governed by laws, whether temporal or spiritual. Everything we see with our natural eyes, with our microscopes, and with our telescopes is governed by temporal laws. One set of laws governs Earth. Another set of laws governs the solar system. Another set of laws governs our galaxy. Another set of laws governs a cluster of galaxies, and so on. Lower laws are governed by higher laws, and those higher laws are governed by still higher laws until we reach a single law or single set of laws that govern everything temporal. If that governing law does not exist, then the cosmos would have dissolved into nothing billions of years ago. In fact, without a single governing law, creation would be like the carnival game, whack-a-mole. As soon as one creation appeared, the hammer would fall and there would be instant extinction, only to have another pop up and disappear into endless chaos. Earth is a microcosm of all creation. For example, Earth is governed by many sets of laws. This is illustrated by the biological kingdom alone. There's a single law governing the entire biological kingdom. However, within that biological kingdom, there are a variety of kingdoms. For example, science divides the biological world into kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, and species. Each of those is governed by a complete set of laws. Yet they all work together under a single set of laws and so on. The same is true for all fields of science. Ultimately, all laws of our earth are governed by a single law or a single set of laws. The same pattern is observed in the planets, moons, and stars and galaxies. There is perfect order, which suggests that everything is governed by a complete set of laws. Science is looking for that governing law. They call it the holy grail of physics. It exists. It must exist. And they must continue their search. But I doubt that they will recognize it even when they see it. After all, it was science that discovered the perfect order of the universe, and it was science who revealed what they called the Goldilocks zone that allows Earth to function against impossible odds. And yet, it was that same science that announced that it was all by accident. One cannot help but admire the science of science, but in their theories, as Shakespeare would say, they are found wanting. Where is the place for accident, coincidence, luck, or serendipity of circumstances? Only someone blinded by prejudice would ignore the necessity of intelligent design. God is that intelligent designer. Everything emanates from God. I don't know where God is. I have never seen him, but I would place him at the center of all of his creations. But in this podcast, I am limiting myself to temporal laws. Everywhere temporal laws are, in effect, there is entropy. Any world where death does not occur would have to be governed by an entirely new set of laws. Immortality cannot come from temporal laws. Something can never come from nothing. That is why science is entirely wrong about its futile explanations about the origins of life. Life cannot come from mortal laws. Mortal laws cannot govern immortal beings. Immortal beings must be governed by an entirely new set of laws. In other words, the Big Bang cannot generate life for anything created by the Big Bang is subject to entropy. The theory of evolution cannot generate life, because anything governed by the laws of evolution are subject to entropy. Evolution cannot exist in a world without entropy. There is no need for evolution in an immortal world. 
The purpose of evolution is the survival of the species. Evolution postpones death in living things, but evolution cannot grant eternal life. Without entropy, evolution could not exist. It is one of the greatest blunders of science to claim that life comes from evolution. Therefore, let me repeat the law stated above. No sphere can rise above the complete set of laws by which it is governed. From that law, we can extrapolate several limiting conditions. Condition 1. We cannot extend our life beyond the temporal laws. Condition 2. We cannot extend our technology beyond the temporal laws. Condition 3. We cannot extend our communication and travel beyond the temporal laws. Beam me up Scotty may be exciting to the imagination and make great TV, but no one can live outside the conditions of Earth law. Space travel is tethered to Earth. No one will be able to travel in space who does not take the conditions of Earth with him. One may try, but it will be a short experiment. With that in mind, we can learn the limitations of freedom as it relates strictly to temporal laws. Number one, freedom is a product of choices. Increased choices and freedom increases. Temporal law through technology increases choices. Therefore, temporal law increases freedom. We are entirely limited by the physical laws of Earth. Freedom is in concomitant variation to the number of choices available. Number two, our temporal freedom cannot exceed the freedom allowed by law. In other words, we cannot exceed the boundaries established by temporal law. Number three, if we attempt to alter our natural laws, it will prove detrimental to mankind. Genetic engineering, even with all of its marvelous promises, can be a very serious threat to our safety. We need to tread carefully and control every single step. We simply do not know enough to alter nature. Number four, if we obey the laws of health, our bodies continue to serve us well. However, we live under the condemnation of the biological clock. Our body goes through cycles. Eventually it begins to shut down, and no medicines or technology can prevent death. Immortality is a spiritual thing and cannot be brought about through temporal law. Speaking of the temporal and not the spiritual, we may draw a few more conclusions. Number one, man can imitate, but he cannot create. We are bound by analogy, and we can only learn by analogy. By that I mean, if it is not modeled by this earth, we cannot invent it or even imagine it. For those who think their imagination releases them from the laws of this world, they need to examine the forms of their imagination, for it looks an awful lot like things on this planet. Number two, the only reason man is able to create anything is through analogy of that which temporal laws by design have already created. Even the wildest science fiction resembles images found on earth. Most aliens from the imagination of our artists look like insects or sea creatures. We admire the imagination of man, but we accept their flights of fantasy only because of familiarity. Verisimilitude is necessary to all science fiction. Models of nature are merely a shadow of truth. Let me conclude with an observation, supported by my own opinion, of course, which I hold in high esteem. It is this. All the secrets of nature, both of heaven and earth, are revealed through analogy. In other words, we are tied to this earth. But its deepest secrets, its most obscure mysteries, are released through the key of analogy. Therefore, I would like to follow with two very bold statements. Number one, we can increase our understanding enormously by studying natural law. All invention is based on natural law. 
The purpose of all laws, even laws of nature, is to make us free. Only in obedience to law is there freedom. As a nation, we must continue to advance science, advance education, study the past, learn from the wisdom of our forefathers and of former geniuses and ordinary people. It is written in the sands of time. The wise King Solomon said, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteneth to its place where he rose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about into the north, and it whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor, man cannot utter it, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing which hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new? It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. Ecclesiastes 1, 1-11 Number 2. God created man, the earth, and the heavens. It is logical that everything he created would be a type and shadow of himself, that it would bear witness of his hand in the creation. By studying nature, you can see the hand of God. By studying his laws, you can discern the mind of God. By observing the heavens, you can see the face of God. All creation is a type and symbol of the Creator. It is all a witness of God. The sunrise, the sunset, the stars, the earth, and all life reveals the hand of the Creator. Fortunate is the person who can study nature and learn the laws of God. But more fortunate is the person who can learn the laws of nature and see the face of God and penetrate His mind. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.